This episode of the podcast is brought to you by That Sober Guy Meetings. Go to thatsoberguy.com, click on the Live Meetings tab, and register for the next Sunday morning live online recovery support group meeting at 8 a.m. Pacific time. Registration is free. All you do is type your little email address in there and your name. Ask you a question. Is there anything you'd like to discuss? You can say no, or you can write something in that little box. Hit submit. And you'll be registered for the meeting. Today, we have Rocco DeLeo joining the show. Rocco and I have became friends over the last couple of weeks. It's crazy how you start reaching out to people and start talking with different people. Um, you know, you find out you have some things in common and uh, you can really help each other. And Rocco and I have both been able to do that for each other over the last couple of weeks. He actually invited me on his show. He has a podcast called And Dad Makes Seven Podcast, uh, and I went on and, and talked a little bit about my story, and we shared some thoughts on there. Um, now, Rocco is not an alcoholic. He's not an addict, but his wife is, and so I thought it would be great, and, and I also think it's so important to get the other side of the coin, to get the other side of um, you know coming from the spouse or the family member who's dealing with the person that they love who's going through addiction treatment uh, or, or who is an alcoholic. You can check out Rocco's work at RoccoDeLeo.com. Without further ado, Rocco DeLeo. You're listening to that Sober Guy podcast on Recovery Radio. Living one day at a time for a sober, healthy, happy life. For more information, visit www.thatsoberguy.com. And now, let's start the show. All right, today's guest is Rocco DeLeo. Rocco, how you doing, man? I'm great. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I I, uh, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast today. Excited to discuss and get the word out there about the other side of the coin, the other side um, from the spouse's point of view of dealing with an an addict or an alcoholic. And uh, uh, you know, you you and I have spoke before. I've actually been on your podcast and Dad Makes Seven, and um, it was a great experience. I really enjoyed talking to you, and I'm really glad to uh, to get my audience to to be able to hear some of your story. So, uh, what's up, man? How, how are things going? Things are good, Shane. Uh, it's it's definitely a pleasure, and it's something that I think needs to. We're all here to help each other, and anything I can do from I guess from my perspective of almost being on the outside looking in, kind of uh, anything we can do to really help out help out both of us because everybody's everybody's got the same objective of getting past addiction, getting past rehab, just kind of getting on with the. The, the regular stuff of life, right? Just the living, right? That's that's sort of the purpose of everything here, isn't it? it yeah, it it is, and it, it's really just to share too some experiences and 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 figure out some things that have worked for other people and some things that haven't worked. Um, I feel like we really focus on the addict and the alcoholic, which you know, which is kind of the focal point, the centerpiece of the you know of of this show and um, and of the lives of addicts and alcoholics as well. But often we, we kind of push to the back, I think the family and the spouses and the kids and, and that whole atmosphere that goes around that. So 
Um, why don't Why don't you kind of start and just kind of take us back? Tell us a little bit about yourself, um, maybe a little bit about your family, and and how this kind of started uh, with your wife uh, just getting home from uh, from rehab about a week ago. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's great. I you know, we have a blended family. Uh, my wife's name is Jamie, and I and I love her to death. She's she's just an amazing woman, and, and obviously she struggled with some. Uh, substance abuse, but, uh, you know, we've been married for a few years. We have, as I said, we have a blended family. We've got five kids. Uh, I have three children from a previous marriage. She has one and we have a two year old together. So, uh, hence and dad makes seven, (laughs) Uh, you know, so the, the, the story that kind of brings you and I together started, uh, I want to say it was March 6th, just this last year, 2015. Uh, I get a call in the middle of the night, and she's sort of discombobulated. Doesn't know, kind of know what's going on. She said she got in a she got in a car accident, and um, sorry, she's got loud kids in the background. Uh, uh, she gets in a car accident and doesn't know where doesn't know where she's at. And you know, I come to the rescue. Right, it turns out that she really crashed the car really bad and <clears throat> was under the influence. Uh, we still have, luckily we still have not had any, or she hasn't had any criminal charges before she was arrested for a felony DUI. At that point, it looked really, really bad. Um, here a few months later, it looks like there's been something, maybe God, some uh, divine intervention that she has not had any criminal charges against her. Um, so, so immediately I, we decided that there was, there was an intervention done immediately that she needed to go to rehab. So I think I, let's say I picked her up on a Sunday. Yeah, it was, we had a whole, a whole other story that I would try and get her bail posted and all these things you learn that you never mm-hmm. thought you would learn how to post bail. Uh, so, so she goes into rehab and she goes into rehab for the first time, more under the guise of, uh, a pill addiction, pain, pain pills. And this was, she comes out 30 days later. It was, that was a nice, it's almost a shame to say, and she comes out 30 days later, just kind of brushing off that first 30 days. <laughs> Cause there's a lot of work done there, right? Absolutely. Uh, so she's, she comes out after 30 days and then we're, we're kind of going through the next 30, 45 days. And really there wasn't much happening. She was going to a few meetings and, I went to one of those meetings with her, and it was actually an AA meeting. She was going to some NA meetings as well, but this AA meeting, which I shared with you before, I think I shared with you yes. before, that I had this this moment that, now, I didn't know what to expect. And, and I, I, I had this sort of prejudice or this preconceived notion of, of what, what, dirty, uh, what was it, uh, Smoke filled rooms and uh, old and cold coffee and yeah, stale donuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's sort of the cliched AA meeting. There's probably a few out there still like that too. But what it didn't matter the room. It didn't matter what was what was go- going on there. It was the people in the room that really affected me. Really changed me because I looked around in that room. Many of them looked just like me, and not only did they look just like me. The problems, the the issues, the the things going on inside their in their lives and in their head, were the same things that I struggle with. And, and unfortunately for them, 
for many of these people that they didn't know that they didn't have a healthy way of coping with it until they until they stopped drinking or stopped taking uh, whatever they were taking. They learn, and that that's sort of the struggle is okay. We all have these struggles, and I share the same struggles with these people, uh, and, and it, we just have to all find our own ways of coping through these things. That really touched me. That re- that changed me at that moment of what to expect here, and, and I could see that there was so much hope and so much help to to the addict, to, to the addict, and to my wife, who I was really desperate to have somebody find somebody to help her. And there'd be a system that I could trust that would help her. Uh, so we kind of fast forward a few a few weeks after that, maybe a month or so. Uh, we there was she kind of fell off the wagon once, and she had a few beers. Fourth of July, Fourth of July, she had a few beers. Uh, I remember, I remember, and I know it was too soon, and I and I still kind of beat myself up for this. That I decided I wanted to have a few beers in the house because I still drink a little bit. Uh-huh. I had some Coors Light, and I, I think I bought an 18 pack because it was on sale. And then I, a, a week or two later, I go in there to grab a beer. There's no beer in there. It's uh, gone. Oh, <laughs> yeah. like oh my goodness! So you know, at first I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> Where'd my beer go? And then finally, you know, she comes clean, and I say, you know, you need to call your sponsor. And let's, you know, I don't really know the protocol, but you know, you call your sponsor. Let's see what's going on. We kind of left it at that. And a few weeks later, which just really led us up to the second, the second round of rehab, we were on a camping trip, and she went. And she, you know, things seemed fine, and there was not, there wasn't any big major life event that happened. But here we are on this camping trip, the middle of a week long camping trip, and she says, "Hey, I'm going to go to the grocery store." And then she comes back, and as it turns out, she had bought two bottles of Jack Daniels, the the thirty seven ounce ones, and drank one of them like like it was a bottle of water. It, it, I don't know well, how that's even possible, but she did. She did, and and she was driving, and then she wanted to drive where where I where I noticed this, where I saw it come up, is when she wanted to drive us. We were going to go from the campground to a little beach at the river there, and she was driving and her eyes were closing. It, it, what you would expect from someone who just drank 37 ounces of Jack Daniels, it was yeah. pretty bad. And she said, well, I'm sorry, I had a couple beers. So that, I'm worried about the lies and, and you're trying to justify things. Whether it's Jack Daniels or a beer, it, you know, it doesn't really matter. But it was pretty bad. So I drove us to the beach. We went to the beach and we were we were playing with the kids. And I think the alcohol was kicking in really bad because she she was kind of playing with the kids and roughhousing a little bit, and she was holding the baby under the water, trying to put on a shirt in the water, but she was just so out of it. And I kind of went into action, and I get so angry, so angry at her. I yelled at her, and you know we kind of called it a day at that point. And then the next day, pretty much had an intervention. Hey, you need to go back into rehab. And I had called some people that I knew that helped help me get this all set up, have, had it all set up with my insurance. So at that point, I, I, I said, we're going to finish our trip. We're going to finish our trip. I think it was a Thursday. We came home on Saturday. And she went into the new rehab, which was much better than the first rehab. But it, it, had a, it did have its flaws, but it was much better. Well, you had described so it. She, you, you had described it before, almost like, 
you kind of had felt like it was this resort almost, right? It was very resort-like. Or resort-ish. And I, I know exactly yeah, what you're was, talking it about. Was, it was a, it's a mansion in, in Temecula, ironically kind of overlooking wine country, but it's a little outside of wine country. But Temecula, Southern California people would know Temecula as wine country, which is kind of ironic there. But it, it's it's a mansion. It's a beautiful ranch-style house. It's got a, a, a pool, an infinity pool, lots of space. A great place to be able to work on yourself, uh, to kind of get away from the world up in the hills. It's beautiful. It's be- I would I would rent a room there, and if I if I you know if it were a bed and breakfast, I'd rent a room up there and spend a weekend. <laughs> well, it would the, be great. And and well, the the reason that I that I kind of bring that up too, and I I didn't mean to cut you off, but. Uh, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I did. I think I just said that yeah, someone no, else okay. the other day. But uh, <laughs> I, I uh, you know, I had, I know my wife experienced this when I left to go to rehab. And I know you and I had talked a little bit about this before. But talk about the resentment fact of that initial moment. Okay, you know, she's going to rehab. She gets to go work on herself, you know, and, and figure this whole thing out almost like this mini vacation and I'm stuck here changing shitty diapers and trying to figure out how the fuck I'm going to pay the oh, bills. Oh man, you, yeah, you, you nailed it. You nailed it. And I, it, it was, it was really hard. You kind of go through this phase. Initially you, you're this thank God phase that she's finally going to get help. Yeah. And then you go there and you, you see the place and you see this beautiful bedroom. You see all the foods brought in, they're cooking it for them and they're, they have acupuncture, they have massages, they have all this stuff going on. And you pretty much hear about that stuff, because it's almost like that's what they use to sell you to come in there. Because they, they're getting about $50,000 a patient at this place, so they really want to sell those amenities. And those are great, but those aren't the one things that me as a spouse want to see get done. I want yeah. to do the, the gritty work getting digging down into the soul of somebody. Uh, so, yeah, so you... Yeah, it's just resentment because, again, like you said, I she's going here and it's all about her. It's everything's about her, and I I, I even feel I felt guilty about if I had a, a real bad day with one of the kids. I've got I've got three kids at home. Uh, I have three kids full time. Her son was with uh, his dad the entire time, and one of my kids has moved out. But, so I've got three kids, including a baby and a full-time job, trying to keep the house clean, trying to do some of my side projects that was the only thing keeping me sane, but in essence making me insane because it's just more stuff to do. Poopy diapers, bedtime, all this stuff, you know, pressure at work as well. And again, I get five minutes of a phone call every night if I'm lucky yeah. and nothing like, oh yeah, we went and got, we did the horses today or we did this and, and, it just, you're right, it, it it really builds up. And you just, you have to kind of let it go and you can know that she'll share what's really happening or someone will share what's really happening as you go through the process. So what, and Shane, I, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, what what were some of the things that, um, that you did to kind of occupy, I mean, obviously you kind of just mentioned them. You got three kids. I, I have two kids and you know, I, I can barely do it when my wife pretty much does everything. So I, I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, she's home most of the day and I'm, I'm at work and I, you know, I'm, I'm home in the evening times. And I mean, I, I don't know how she does it. So how, how did you get through it? 
um, you know, what were some of the things that you did to kind of stay sane? Because honestly, man, I give you mad props. Like I don't, when I thought about this before we talked today and, and before, I think it was actually after I talked on your show, um, I'm like, I, I think I hung up and shortly after I'm like, God, how is that guy still even like, how is he still even functioning right now with, with five kids and, you know, a podcast and a job and trying to deal with all this stuff. I mean, I, I, I can't even imagine. So, um, tell, tell us about some of the things that you did to kind of just to stay sane. Well, Shane, the number one thing, and you know, I, I always, I think of like how awesome God is. I have a pretty deep faith. Um, a pretty deep Christian faith. And I think about you know, all this stuff that I've gone through and it's only brought me closer to God, especially you know, the funny thing, you know, the, the funny thing is, is we're, I'm Catholic and we've gone to a Catholic church. And I've kind of struggled a little bit with, with, with trying to get through having a relationship with Jesus and all this. I don't want to get too far off in the weeds on that. But uh, so after while she was at the first rehab, they took her to a church in town that I never would have gone to, a non-Catholic church, and she loved it. And she dragged me to this church. She said, please go, please go, because they had to celebrate recovery. And she just, she loved it. So I went there with my arms crossed and just like, oh, okay, I'm going to go now, cranky me, but <laughs> you're not going to make me into a Protestant. Shane, I loved it. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. In fact, before we spoke today, I was just emailing back and forth the creative director there. They're actually going to publish my story. I'm right. I wrote sort of my story of this experience. And I'll make sure I'll send you some text of that. Yeah, that'd be great, man. That's that's really cool. I, I, so I fell in love with that. And I've got this renewed faith in in Christ and this new relationship with Jesus. And, And so here we go into the second. So I kind of get a running start with that. And now we're going into rehab the second time, but now this time I've got this renewed prayer life and I'm in a men's Bible group. So I had some of these resources. I never felt closer to God. So the, my number one thing, and I, you know, if there's people out there that are listening to this who are not believers, I, you know, I, I'm sorry, this one won't work for them, but my prayer life, spending a lot of time in prayer mm-hmm. and also meditation. I started meditating as well. I, you know, not this, not a Buddhist guru or anything, but just a little bit of that. So my mornings, I sort of have this new morning routine where I, I meditate and I pray for about an hour, a combination of both of those things. Boy, oh boy, that is better than any Prozac or any Xanax. In fact, I was on a, a, a medication that I was able to get off of for anxiety. Wow, after that's, I started doing this, dude, that that is so. And I, I won't, I won't get into this. Maybe we can, we we can talk about this, um, you know, later on or another day. But uh, we're going through some some similar things with that right now um, in in my personal life with my wife, and um, and it it's you know, and and it's funny you say the the meditate the meditation too. Um, it's been recommended to me, and I just haven't taken the time to do it. Man, and it's uh, it's it's. I don't know if I could sit there for an hour. You do it for a whole hour? No, no, no. Mine the meditation, um, and I think I did an. I think it was an episode after. I think it was twenty one. But uh, I'll send you a link. I, I actually spoke with somebody who's a, a mindfulness coach. But for me, I just downloaded an app called Insight Timer. It's free on the iPhone, Android, on your computer, and there's different guided meditations. Typically, I do the five minute one. 
It's man, that's it. Five minutes. The rest of the time, I'm reading the Bible and praying. Got it. Okay. But the meditation, I start with the meditation because what it does, it's like clearing the cache. Like if you know your computer, you clear the cache or you clear the RAM or give it a reboot. It kind, it just kind of clears all the junk out of your brain. It gives you a clean, clean slate. I guess that's the easiest way to say it. A clean slate to start the day, and then you could go. Everything's there's no. There's no friction to start your day. I can't recommend it enough. Man. It is it, it. it's a great practice. It's super easy. It's super easy. Just check that out. Uh, maybe check out my episode and maybe connect with the, the person that I Jen Jen Moff I, I had interviewed. Maybe I, connect with her there. I saw that. That was the last. Uh, that's the last interview that you just did, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I, I will, yeah, I will check that out. I think I can manage five minutes. You know, I'll start with five minutes, and we'll see. And then, uh, you know, you can you can call me out on it later next like, time. That was my call to action. <laughs> yeah. It was five minutes for three days. Just see if you can do that, okay. and then go from there. All right. Five minutes, three days. I'm writing this down right now too. And you said that's in, insights insight timer. I think it's called Insight Timer. Insight Timer. Okay. I, I, I don't know why it's called Insight Timer. It's it's more than just a timer. The, the terrible SEO, terrible naming, but uh, <laughs> the, the app is simple, super simple to use. Okay. So my my apologies for getting off track there, but um, so let's let let's kind of let's refocus here on. Um, so your your wife go she, your wife goes in goes into uh, into rehab and you're you're back at home with the kids. So kind of take it from there. So yeah, so yeah, as I had mentioned, you know, my, my my morning routine was huge to me, and and I put the baby in daycare. I had to do that, and again, there's more resentment because that was six hundred bucks a month that I that I wasn't planning on spending. You know, we had to dip into some, some savings to, to cover <clears throat> the uh, the daycare fee, and luckily we had access to somebody who could do daycare and who we knew from the past. And Anyone who has a baby or a two-year-old knows that 600 bucks for a month of daycare is a darn good deal. So we got super, super lucky. But man, that's still 600 bucks I didn't want to have to spend. But that helps me you know, from eight to five, at least, you know, I could go to work. I work in sales, so if I needed to go to work, leave the house maybe nine, 9.30-ish some days, I could have a little bit of time. And I, I run, I run a lot. These are all, you know, these... These are all sort of standard, keep your body physically healthy type things. I just stuck with those routines, and I interviewed you. I interviewed Jen, and I were reaching out to my podcasting and my writing community, really focusing on me. Some of the things that really, and I learned this from like some codependency books I read, and some conversations I had with my therapist as well about. We need to have our own identity outside of trying to save or outside of trying to control the person who's in rehab. That's something I've struggled with. I think we should, I shared that with you before this yeah. codependency that I think many spouses of addicts really fall deep, deep into. And it's, it's a struggle. And that was, that was a huge thing for me. And to be able to focus, that's why I said, Focusing on my blog and focusing on my podcast really helped me keep sane because it took my mind off of what was going on and it fed back into my own identity, something that I I truly enjoy doing. And I do it just because I enjoy doing it and I can give back. So those were, that was sort of the, the big way it helps. I leave out a house three doors down from my parents. So I had, I had a lot of people helping me. I, I like to say I had my Superman cape on, but man, it took a village to get through that month. 
thank God. Thank God I had the village. <clears throat> it's, a, it's funny how we, you know, how we really realize how lucky and how blessed we really are to have, you know, the people in our lives around us. Like I, I, you know, I couldn't have done, um, I couldn't have got clean and sober, you know, on my own. Um, obviously from treatment and then from my, you know, the support of my wife, uh, the support of, of my mom, of my in-laws, of my extended family, uh, and, and my friends as well. Um, and, when I really realized that, like how, how lucky I was, just like you were saying, you know, you have your parents and, um, you know, to help out. And it's just, I don't know. I feel so lucky sometimes. And I feel like I don't give enough gratitude to that. I always feel, I still feel like in that selfish way sometimes, you know, like, Oh, it's all, it's all about me and stuff too. And so that selfish way of the alcoholic thinking of the, uh, addict way of thinking, um, when we're in recovery, it kind of has to cross over to, to the spouse as well. And that's what I'm getting at here is kind of what you're saying is that, you know, you kind of had to focus on yourself and realize that you have your own identity and that, you know, you're trying to stay busy and take care of yourself and obviously your kids as well too. Um, so after the 30 days is getting, I think we spoke, when did we, we spoke about what halfway through? It was about two weeks in. Yeah. We were, we were about two weeks in. Uh, I, I don't remember exactly. I, I know I had a big argument with the facility. I wanted to take her out and that was my codependency at its highest. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, I struggle even t- towards the end of it, man. I, I called and I still struggle. Like how come you guys aren't doing this? How come you aren't doing that? Every time I called, to meddle with what was going on, I got screamed at. <laughs> it just was like, please yeah. leave me alone. Let me do this. I need to do. I, I, she she didn't want me to control that. And she's right. She's right. I had no business calling and saying, how come you're not doing this? How come you're not doing that? Yeah. Like I'm an armchair psycho- psychologist trying to, trying to manipulate this whole system. Again, that's codependency, right? And that's me thinking I have a better answer, a better way to, handle this well uh, i think i think too part, part i think part of that is and and that's funny that you say that because part of the alcoholic way of thinking and i guess it's just I, i'm not even going to call it that at this point it's just the way of thinking is that a lot of us alcoholic or not we try to play god sometimes we try to control these outer circumstances and i feel like i've talked a lot about this in the last couple of meetings on sundays that we've had but it's so relevant like we can't control every little thing that goes on around us. Like sometimes when we just give it up to God, it's so much easier to just take a breath and just say, okay, what happens happens. And the only thing I can do is react to it in the most positive and and best way possible. Oh man, that you nailed it right there. I I saw the saying, it's a very popular saying in AA is let go and let God. I saw a meme, uh, a Facebook meme that that said that I think the let go, let God, it was kind of like it's, blinking on and off. It's just amazing. It, but it's easier said than done, man. This is, this is a, a long marathon. And if every day we can learn just a little bit, just to let go, man, <laughs> if I could just think of every day I've had since this all started, I keep, I still, anytime I have trouble, anytime her and I are in a bad place, it's because I took control rather than letting God and letting the situation work itself out. And yeah, I'm not a good God. 
God's a pretty good God. He's been doing this for a while. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of green at this, man. Um, but well, I get I give yeah. you I give you a lot of respect, uh, you know, to admit that because it really does take take some guts and a and a real man to admit. Say, look, you know, like I. I was wrong or I I'm I'm doing this the wrong way. I'm going about this the wrong way and let me just step back and think about it. A lot of a lot of people in general can't do that. So I think just what you're saying is is really, you know, that's the first initial thing, you know, just to and, and I'm not talking about like overall, I'm just saying on any given day, because we can talk about this stuff all day long and, and we can we can read about it and we can listen about it. But like you said, easier said than done actually performing on a day on a daily basis it's damn near impossible i feel like i mean i I still do things and i'm like why why did you just do why why did you say that and why did you do that you know and uh thank god i can recognize it now before i could have gave two shits but you know now i'm like okay and so at least i can work on that um so so let's let's jump into uh, your wife's been home for roughly a week, I think you said, or ten days. Um, how how are things now, and uh, what are you guys doing to to kind of to kind of work on um, you know the the issues that are going on? Well, you know, it's it, it's been sort of a bumpy ride since she came home. It, it's it's a it's a struggle, and, and you you told me one of the, the the parting words of wisdom you gave me on our on, on my show was to be patient. You told me to be patient. And I remember you said something about wearing jeans or something that you never wear jeans, but you didn't feel it. You didn't know who you were for the first few months. Yeah. And, you know, I think of, first I think of like how I feel, but I also think of like, okay, how could this be done better? You hear, hear, hear me going again, trying to control the situation, <laughs> telling people how to do their job. But one thing I would have loved to have had that we didn't have, and one of the complaints I had about the facility was, Whenever her and I would have a, a, we'd start to argue about something, and and I think we all know that alcoholism and drug addiction is not just because there's just drugs and alcohol. There's there's issues that are leading somebody mm-hmm. to that or using those as coping mechanisms, and, and we kept getting referred to marriage or family therapy MFT. Right? I kept hearing MFT all the time. Oh no, you're gonna have to go to MFT. You're gonna have to go to MFT, and that was that was a giant hole this place had. They did not have an MFT. They didn't want to touch that. So whenever there was a, a, a giant, what do we say, giant gorilla in the room, mm-hmm. that, that it just sort of got, okay, you're going to have to deal with that when she gets home. You got to deal with that when she gets home. And I kind of struggled with that. Like, yeah, man, you're kind of passing the buck for 50 grand. Maybe you can get us an MFT. <laughs> but they're, they're, can you hear my resentment? Can you hear the resentment in my voice? <laughs> it's right. Uh, it'll pass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just being honest here, man. So, um, and the other thing that, even beyond that, that really would have been helpful was on the last day, we just kind of left. There was, I really could have used some coaching. The only expectation I had of what it was going to be like when I left was the conversation you and I had. And nobody else kind of said, hey, this is what it's going to be like. I, if you're expecting her to come home and give you a big hug and kiss and have a nice romantic evening, which, by the way, I was expecting that. I don't know why, but I was expecting that. They sh- that somebody should have said, listen, buddy. It ain't gonna happen. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. So we 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 struggled. She came home, and I had these. You know, I I think too much with my heart and not enough with my head. And I just had these expectations that she was gonna be kind of really on fire for her recovery. And I 
she she says she is, and I have to let her. I'm learning. I have to let her kind of work work it through her own without having to check in with me with, with stuff. Yeah. I'm really struggling to not ask her if she's calling her sponsor, and I have. I mean, I've I've still I've, I've meddled a little bit, not as much as I had in the past, but I'm still struggling. Again, every time I do that, it creates this friction. It creates this the struggle with well, her and I, and then in, we we argue. And in, in in my experience too. Um you know, that that's going to push the person away even more. And I think that and I can't remember if, if you and I had talked about this or I talked about it on, on one of my episodes before, but, um, you know, we have to want to get sober. We can't get sober and, and be clean and, and change our lives for our kids or our spouse or, or anybody. We have to want to do it for ourselves. So if there's, I mean, there's, and I've heard this one before too. There's nothing worse than an alcoholic, you know, or a recovering alcoholic telling somebody else what they should or what they need to do. You know what I mean? And, um, and and, and it's just, it's just like, we, we got to figure it out on our own. And, uh, you know, I had tried a couple of times before too, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to quit. And it just didn't work because I wasn't, I wasn't ready. And thank God, you know, when I, when I went in, I was, I was ready. Like I wanted more than anything. And so I, I think that you're, I think that you're really, you know, everything that you're saying, you're doing the right thing, man, is what I'm getting at. And I just, I give you mad respect for, for having to go through this. Um, I know what it takes and I know how hard it is. Um, but man, you're, you're, you're doing a really, really good job of hanging in there and being supportive. And that's, that's really what it takes. And that's what we do for our spouses anyways. Right. I mean, we love the hell out of them and we would, we would lay down and die for them, you know? So it's like here, yes, I'm going to do this. That that's that's so true. My boss always says, "Hey, don't don't confuse perfect with good." Because nobody, I'm not going to be perfect. You're not going to be perfect. She's not going to be perfect. And yeah. we, we just we make our mistakes. We we dust ourselves off, and then we go into the next day, and we just keep on going. And, and the lesson I'm learning, I guess, this is something I could say to somebody else in my my situation. And I it, one of the things I was inspired on my podcast too was to start telling my story and connecting yeah. with other people who have similar stories so so we can learn and build this community because it's not us against them. It's not me against her. It's not all us sober spouses against all those um, alcoholic or addict spouses. We're all in this together. And, and the more you can learn to let go, whether if you have a faith, jump into the faith. If you don't have, you find something, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, or a group of positive people. Um, Al-Anon, I keep hearing Al-Anon is great. I ha- I went to one and it, and it was bad. And I'm going to be fair to them and say that it was just that one meeting. And it was it was a lot of, there was a huge victim mentality and I, there was too much negativity for me. But I know enough smart people, enough people that have been through this who have said that you just need to find the right Al-Anon meeting. So I won't write off Al-Anon. I think that's an, and I think you probably agree with me that I- that's that's yeah. an important piece of this. I, absolutely. Al-Anon is huge. And, um, I know, I know my wife did some Al-Anon meetings, um, especially when I was in. And then when I, when I got home as well, and it is, I think it's like anything you're, you're going to find, you know, you may show up to, to a bad AA meeting. You may show up 
um, you know, to, to a shitty birthday party sometimes, you know, what I mean? like, <laughs> yeah. so, so, sometimes it's just, it just doesn't work out. So I think you're on the right, right track though. Yeah. Just, you know, maybe check a different one out. I, I, build I a community and it, tell your story. And yes. I find, I found a lot of, uh, I found it very therapeutic to tell my, to tell my story. And I've told it a lot. I've written it on my blog. I've shared it. People at work now know about it. Yeah, so it, it let's was, it was hard. Let's uh so l- let's get into that a little bit. You have a blog, it's roccodelio.com, right? Um yes. and and then the podcast and Dad Makes Seven podcast. Uh tell us a little bit about that and when did you start it and how's it how is everything going with that? So I yeah, thank you. Um so they're both parked at the same place, roccodelio.com. You can find <clears throat> links within that website to the blog and the podcast. And I've been blogging, I've actually been blogging since 2006 on different websites, but I've been there for maybe a year and a half. And the podcast I started, you know, I started the podcast right before she went into rehab. Um, <clears throat> so it kind of took a bit of a turn, but it was going to be productivity and kind of business guru stuff. And I did that a little bit and went, well, I'm not very good at this. This isn't my thing. So I've been working on trying to find being authentic and being true and adding value because I don't intend on making money off of this. And this experience I've gone through, like really, even just the last few episodes I've done, even just starting with you, talking with you, and I've got a few in the, in the can as well, I'm really finally being authentic and telling my story. And, Doesn't and that feel finding, good? Oh, man, it feels so relieving. So great. It, it's, it's amazing to just go, okay, Here's who I am, world. Yeah. You're going to listen to me or not, but the people who are going to listen to me are going to get value, and they're going to get help. And guess what? I can reach out and talk to interesting people like Shane Raymer and Jen Moss, and you know, who knows? Maybe I'll have Barack Obama on my, on my podcast. I don't know. But <laughs> it gives me an opportunity to reach out. I love doing this. And I want to share stories with people. In my, in my podcast and my blog, is not all about being married to an addict. It's about living life, a, a busy life, and trying to be busy on purpose. And trying to decide if I want to say busy on purpose or busy with purpose. But <laughs> the point is, is we're going to be busy. We have busy lives. But I don't want to be on my deathbed when I'm hopefully over 100 and look back and go, all I did was check boxes my entire life. Mm-hmm. I didn't do anything with purpose. So that's, that's in a very long-winded way because I still haven't figured out my I haven't figured it all out yet, man, but I I hope people come by and join the journey, just like I hope people are listening to, to what you're doing. This is fun, and both of us have a lot of passion for what we do. Yep, I, I would agree, man. And by the way, your site looks really good. I, I brought it up before we uh, before we started, and, and the layout of it, the website, it's really, really nice looking. There's a lot of good content on here. Uh, folks, definitely check out RoccoDeLeo.com. A lot of good information and uh, uh, things to check out on there. Um, you know, back to the passion thing, man. When when you can find something, or, or let me speak for myself. When I've found something that, I, you know, it's funny. I, I've, I've always been passionate about music. I'm a musician. You know, I've played music since I was, um, since I was a kid. And I, I got serious about it in high school. And that passion for music, though, it turned into, um, and and I think partly just in the society we live in with the media and the glamorization of alcohol and that rock star lifestyle and drugs and that whole deal, I got wrapped up in that. And so it 
it no longer became so much about the music. There was this whole other side to it. And yes, I'm passionate about music. Um, but I was in it for all the wrong reasons, which why, which is why, uh, you know, it just, it didn't work out for me at that time. And then when I found myself, the true me in, in recovery and found out who Shane Raymer really was, the man that I was, the husband, the father, uh, just me as a human being, that's when this passion came out to really reach out to other people. And like you were, like you were saying, just share my story and be real, you know? And so that, that feeling is just so it's, it's on fire, you know? Oh man. And you were able to use the experience and we were talking before you hit record about all the, the music technology and everything you use to be able to get this podcast from this phone call out to the internet. It comes from that, that technology, uh, that, that, that experience you had before in, in the people that you've met. I know I saw on your website you interviewed, uh, somebody from Papa Roach, I think. Yes, Jacoby. Uh, yeah. So you have, I mean, you have those connections and you know how to, to not just be like a fanboy. You can actually interview me. It was a great interview. Thank you. And, and all those, all those things, all those experiences make you who you are, good and bad, make you who you are today and, None of it's a waste. It's all for a purpose. And holy smokes, man, we are both being used for a greater purpose. How awesome <laughs> is that? that? I know, man. I, I, I say that prayer, uh, you know, on the daily. God, you know, uh, give me opportunities to help others and, and use me as you would to offer you know, I love my it. help to I others. I love it. Um, so, you know, I, I, am looking at the clock here, man, that went by, that went by quick, man. That's a good, that's a good conversation. I must say, let's, uh, I, I want to, I want to leave the audience with this man, something from Rocco himself. Um, if there's some other listeners out there that are going through some of the things that you're going through right now, um, you know, being a spouse on the other side of this disease, what advice can you give them? I would just say, slow down slow down a little bit, learn to respond rather than react and act out of love. Before you do anything, before you say anything, say, am I doing this out of love or am I doing this out of resentment? I think, I think, I mean, that to me is like the number one piece of advice I could give right now. One day at a time. That's what they say, right? One day at a time, my friend. Yep. And it, it really, it really is true. Well, Hey man, I, uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show and I had a great time talking with you. Hope to do it again sometime. Hey man, brother, anytime, anytime. It's always, always a pleasure. Folks out there, thanks for listening. Check out RoccoDeLeo.com. Check out your Dad Makes 7 podcast. Peace, love, respect, and keep your blood clean. This has been another episode of That Sober Guy Podcast on Recovery Radio with Shane Raymond. For information, visit www.thatsoberguy.com or you can email Shane at sobriety at thatsoberguy.com. Thanks again for listening and enjoy a sober, healthy, happy life.